This is Dr. Troy Shaw, pastor of the Liberty Hill Baptist Church. Welcome to Living the Bible Together. We would love for you to visit our church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. We have began to embrace a doctrine, a philosophy that says independence is the best way to go. We seem to emancipate our children very early anymore. They leave our homes not long after high school and begin families without education or preparation. We find ourselves in a world whereby people seem untrained, unlearned, without moral compass. Seems that we've come to a place whereby it is all about me and not thinking about others. In a world by, whereby many of our phones and our computer technology bear the word I, because we're so caught up in I. We're caught up in the way that we are perceived by others. We're caught up in our self-image, and our selfish ways are always before us, rather than thinking about others. And so we live in a world that is challenged to even remain relational with regards to marriages. Because it's difficult, if not impossible, Pastor Bill, to be married if you're only focused on yourself. Whereby children are deprived because people are thinking about self rather than thinking about their own offspring. And so we live in a world that seems to be very self-centered and selfish. I would say to you that it is to the advantage of the Christian, it is necessary for the Christian, Sister Kima, to be selfless, to truly follow Christ, because he brings forth the greatest example of selflessness. And to follow Christ, we cannot find ourselves in a selfish state. I would contend that James chapter 5 gives us many resources and tools to help us to keep from being selfish, and we've talked about a few of those over the past few Sundays. And this Sunday, if you look at verse 14 and 15, you will see that it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And pray, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. You know, in order to keep from being selfish, you need to know what to do with the sick list. When I first arrived at this church, Sister Jackie Turner, I was uh, bothered. But it wasn't just this church. I was bothered by a lot of churches. And one of the things that bothered me was the, the bulletin or the order portion of the program, you know, the paper they hand you. And, and, and Sister, Sister Lisa, one of the reasons I was bothered is because I would go to many churches 
and the church would have printed in their bulletin a sick and shut-in list. Sister Vicki Williams, that used to disturb me, that would bother me. And I used to tell people, whatever you do, don't put me on a sick and shut-in list. And when I came to this church, I remember saying to uh, some of the folks then, some of the officers, not these officers, but some of the officers then, I said, had you all considered not removing those names? Okay, you can have the names in there. These are people that we should pray for. You consider taking the name sick and shut in off the list and call it a prayer list? Or, or, or call it a recovering list? But why would you call your own folk, people that you love, sick and shut in. And every Sunday they get up and they would pronounce that over people. Here's the sick and shut in list. There were people who actually remained on that sick and shut in list I know for at least two or three years. Maybe longer. Some people died off the sick and shut in list. Now just from a practical standpoint, Brother Wesley, I will tell you, I don't want to pastor a church and call myself a preacher and a pastor and have members on a list that I'm praying for every single Sunday, and they die off the list. <laughs> I mean, to me, that kind of shoots our uh, ability to actually do what we say we can do. That kind of shoots it in the foot. And if the fact is, if I'm praying for you every week and you die from that list, I don't want nobody to know it. <laughs> that's, just, that's just honest. I'm being honest. I don't want nobody to know that. But to me, Everything in the text gives us to know that our voice is powerful. That's what God did when he created everything that's created around us. He spoke everything to existence except for us. And the Bible talks about the power of the tongue. There's life and death in it. And it talks about the way we talk and what we say. And so why would I call you sick? And I certainly wouldn't call you shut in. I still don't know what a shut in is. That just sounds horrible, horrible to me. Somebody that you put in the, in, the, in the house and you shut the door and lock them up? They can't ever get out? Is that what you're saying? Now, I know for some people, this is bothersome to you because you, that's the tradition. Oh, you're supposed to have a sick and shut it. No. Can I prove it to you? How many times do you get called to go visit a member of this church in the hospital? Oh, maybe you missed it. How many times have you been called to go visit a member of the deacons? How many times have you been called to go visit a member of this church in the hospital? Is it not rare? I almost want to say that I can't remember the last time I've been to the hospital, to be quite honest. I cannot remember. And that's not because I'm a bad pastor, it's because people rarely go. And that doesn't mean that we're totally sick, you know, free from illness. Sometimes we do get illness. And we do have members who've gone overnight, that kind of thing, observation, come right back out. But Liberty Hill, we don't spend no long time in no coma and all that kind of stuff. And they talk about they got to call it. We here. Look at look around at these healthy folk that walk in this morning. I refuse to call you sick. I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna call you sick, and I'm not gonna call you shut in. If you should happen to go to the hospital, if you should happen to go to the doctor, you are recovering. Amen. <laughs> you might be temporarily under doctor's care, but am I going to call you sick? No. And please, if I ever, ever, ever have to go to the hospital, 
Don't y'all have nobody that's talking about the pastor's sick and he's shut in. No. The man is recovering and the favor of God is upon him and he'll be up in a minute. He's only resting because he will be up in a minute. And when it's time to go, he's going to go to the Lord. I'm not going to stand between. I declare that thing today. Now that may sound silly to you, but that's the truth. I'm not going to stand between life and death. I'm going to be alive and enjoy it because what the word tells me, I'm going to stand on the word. Now y'all ready for Now I know y'all hear this on TV, and, and I'm not a TV preacher, and I'm not a prosperity preacher and all that, but I know my word. And I know my word well enough to know that when I follow God's word, I can stand on his promise. His promise and his desire for me is that I enjoy the earth and the fullness thereof. If that is his promise and his desire for me, then that means number one, I'm going to eat healthy food, and number two, I'm going to claim health, prosperity, and wealth in my life. I'm not going to call myself sick. I'm not going to call myself diseased. I'm alive and well. And so what do we do with our sickness? We pray for them. And we believe in the power of God to raise them and not leave them sick. Not just physically, but also spiritually. Lord knows one of my biggest pet peeves that gets on my last nerves. The number of Christian folk that talk about other people as if they could never change. The power of God is the power to change anybody. From the roughest person you know, God can change anybody. He changed our sorry self. And so that means he can change anybody. Nobody is so bad off that God can't change them. And so we ought to pray for them if they're mentally ill, if they're physically ill, if they're spiritually ill. We ought to pray for them and believe in their recovery. Let's not label them. It is what it is. Hey, y'all, I like sick and shut in this. Go to some other church. Be sick over there. Because we healthy over here. Is that all right? Is it all right to be healthy? Is it all right to be healthy? I just wonder, is it all right to be healthy? Or is the world so sick that we want to be sick? Do you want to be sick or do would you like to be healthy? Then claim it! I feel great. Verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, you need to know what Christian friends are for. You need to know what Christian friends are for. We should be in relationship with one another to the extent that we're able to help each other. You know, I wouldn't want to go to no church or nothing else, Brother, Brother Marlon Harrison. Uh, uh, I would not want to go to a church where the church is negative all the time. Every time you walk around, somebody talking some negative stuff. I won't hear that. I come to church because I need, I need some positive voices in my life. I don't come to church so that you can tell me that I'm dying. I, want, I come to church because I want you to tell me how to live. I want to live. I want to live to the fullest. I, I want to 
heard this one. I want to live like Sister Lisa Sam. <laughs> Anybody that know her know that she, ooh, you get her started, Lord, I'm That's how we ought to live. I mean, as we were talking last week, you know, God's word inspired you. If you would try it, I know that it sounds crazy, but if you would just try it. Because there's some people who will say, oh, that ain't gonna work. My situation is too bad for me. I dare you to wake up in the morning and declare victory. I dare you to wake up in the morning and declare victory. I dare you to stop speaking negative stuff into your own life. Oh, back to this old job. Same old, same old. Eat, sleep, work. How about you wake up in the morning and say, Let's try to encourage them to make that day better. 
when we go to the restaurant and we see the waitress or the waiter performing poorly, let's encourage them. Let's not make their life more miserable. I didn't get this right. I asked for this with the cheese on the bottom and not on the top. You busted my egg over easy. You know, it's a nice way to tell people things and to encourage them. Honey, I see you just as busy. Look at you running back and forth all these tables and stuff. I wanted this cheese on the top. I know that you just didn't, you just didn't realize that the cook probably offered that. But could you get this cheese for me? Thank you so much. I appreciate your sweet potato soul. <laughs> we can set the atmosphere. Just by encouraging somebody else and not being so selfish, we can set the atmosphere. You have the ability to set the atmosphere at your job, in your workplace, in the marketplace, at your home. You set the atmosphere. Now, you can call your wife a witch if you want to. If you call her that long enough, You'll see a flyer come on the room. <laughs> but if you're smart, even at the worst moments, honey, can I tell you what you're going to get back? Don't honey me. <laughs> then do it again. Oh, honey, I told you not to honey me. Oh, honey. <laughs> I'm still sort of mad at you. Baby, don't you do that no more. Sweetie, what you want for dinner? <laughs> Speak those things that are not as if they are how you want them to be. We are made in the image of God. Our forefather is Adam, and Adam was given the authority to name everything. So what is she? What are my children? They are what I declare them to be. My children are not bad children. I have great children. They're wonderful, they're smart, and they're full of potential. Now, sometimes they need help realizing their full potential. But they're not bad. My wife is not a horrible person. My wife is a great person, great woman of God. Your husband is a wonderful man, a great provider. Talk right. And produce positive words in each other's lives. Build each other up. Let's not be selfish. Look at verse 16 and 15. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And he turned not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. You need to embrace the power of prayer. Because somebody just asked me a question. I heard you. 
Well, what happens when you say nice things and the person keeps on being nasty to you? Mm -hmm. My wife and I have talked about this any number of times. There are times when I am too stubborn and too short-sighted to see what my wife is saying to me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I can't get clarity. There are times when I say something to her that she may not get. Let me tell you, Sister Valerie Saunders, when you talk to people long enough and they don't get it, then it's time to talk to God. And when you talk to God, the power of prayer is amazing. But notice who's doing the praying. It is a righteous man. All right. Don't expect that you're getting ready to go with your sorry, lousy, sloppy self to God. But when you're living right, because you are his child, there is an expectation that he will hear your prayer. Because he loves and takes care of all of us, but he especially takes care of his own. Because I'm his family. I've been adopted into his family because I've embraced the blood of the cross. Because Jesus has died for me, then there's authority that is given to a righteous person. And so when we can't talk to each other, then it's time, Brother Dorian, to talk to God. Because when we talk to God, our Father, he was the songwriter was right when he said he'll hear our faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. You're going through something and you think folk don't hear you, but God will hear you. God will hear you in the midnight hour. God, his ears are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He never slumbers nor sleeps. And our little situation, brother, man, he's always ready to hear us. He'll protect us and keep his arms around us. All we got to do is believe in the power of prayer. Continue to talk to him and communicate with your God and believe that he can don't go in and say, I'm going to pray to God, but no, I'm going to pray to God because I know he can and I know he will. And he will take care of every situation in our life. And so let me declare it afresh and anew in your life today. Ma'am and sir, my brother, my sister, righteous woman, righteous man, your prayers are being answered. He's listening. He's hearing you. Your prayers are being answered. He's already taking care of your financial situation. Check again. He's already taking care of your health issues. Check again. Already taking care of your relationships. Check again. He's already done it. And so no matter what the evidence may look like, no matter what it may seem like, you can dance, you can shout right now. Because you know what? I remember years ago there was a song came out. This was back when we were uh, kids. And in our old church, there was no air conditioning, heat, that kind of thing. Well, there was heat, there was no air conditioning, so the windows would be open to our uh, paper, to our uh, paper stained glass windows. It wasn't real stained glass windows. They had paper over top of like decals that make them look like stained glass windows. But those windows, if you remember, they would be open real high. For those of you who grew up with me in the church, you realize those windows would be open real high. And if your parents were running late for church, you would drive in on the gravel, because I can't remember it ever being paid. And we would drive up on the gravel, and you could hear church going on as you were on your way in. And you would notice that your parents would pick up their pace because they knew that there was something going on, and they knew they were running late. 
And one of my favorite rememberings is of my grandmother and I arriving to church slightly late, and we got there, and the windows were open to the church, and we were coming uh, up the side of the church, and we could hear the choir singing, don't wait till the battle is over, shout now. Because you know in the end you're going to win. I wish there were some folk in the church today that really knew what that means. I, I really wish there were some folk that knew right now that there are going to be some battles, some storms in your life. There's going to be some issues in your life. And there are going to be some times where it seems like God's not doing it. But you can shout right now. You don't have to wait until the battle is over. You don't have to wait until it's all done with. You can shout now because God has already done a thing. He's already began the process and the work in you. And he will finish what he started because he is the Alpha and the Omega. Can I put it in English? He's the beginning and the end. He will finish what he started in your life. He started you to breathe in and he'll be there all the way into the end of the world. Righteous man, righteous woman. He hears you. And not only does he hear you, your prayer avails much. Your prayer does a lot. Because God loves you and cares about you. And so you need not be selfish. There's enough of God to go around. And so he'll answer our prayer. We must embrace the power of prayer. And when we embrace the power of prayer, then we no longer have to worry about being jealous. It's not about materialism. It's not about that at all. But just let me put it this way, just as an analogy. Uh, uh, Sister Carter, I can't be jealous of your new car because I believe that if I need one, God will give me one. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You missed it, you missed it. What I'm saying to you is why be selfish? I want everybody to have a new car because that's evidence, that's testimony, that's witness that I can have one. Because whatever God does for my brothers and sisters, I know that he won't withhold any good thing from me. And whatever he's done for you, I know he'll do it for me. I don't have to be jealous because you got a new house. I don't have to be mad and all selfish and want to keep everything to myself because I recognize that he owns enough and has enough that all of us can benefit from the presence and the gifts of God. Nigga Palmer, you got a new car? Me too. <laughs> all you got to do is realize that God has the power to bless us all. I don't have to be selfish. I don't have to be envious. I don't have to be jealous. Because whatever's good for me, God will do that for me. Wow. <laughs> I hope you got that in your notes. Look at 19 and 20, and I guess you know we're ready to go home. I ran out of verses. <laughs> Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Be committed to conversion. How not to be selfish? Be committed to conversion. We ourselves need to be converted, and we need to be converting others. It's like I said to you earlier today. It's all about diffusing them. I'm saved, I want you saved. I'm happy, I want you happy. I, I can't be happy. It's hard to be happy with a whole bunch of sad people around you. Just think about that. It's real hard to be happy when everybody else is sad. Now, you know, there are some funerals that take place almost every day in the city of Columbia. How happy could you be in the middle of a funeral home doing a funeral? Just think about 
You could have the best news you ever heard and walk in there and see all them crying and sad people and it would make you a little sad. You, you would look out of place just laughing and, and cracking up. As a matter of fact, it wouldn't be out of place for you to just be saying that. <laughs> and somebody just died. And so it's hard for you to be happy when everybody else is sad. And when we take a selfish attitude, what happens is we find ourselves in a, in a sad place whereby we're trying to fight against the grain. Because it's all about me. I want you happy. And I'm trying to figure out why I'm not really feeling happy as I want to be. I listened the other day. I tell you, I was so happy for that girl. Jennifer Hudson was on the, uh, Kelly and somebody's show. Kelly, is it Kelly? Kelly and Michael. Yeah, Michael's straight on. Anyway, uh, she was on the Kelly and Michael show. And she was excited because she had just got her star on the Hollywood, is that the Walk of Fame they call it? She had just got her star. And, and Jennifer Hudson told him, uh, Sister Fisher, he, 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 she said, I wanted to fly my whole family out. She said, everybody I could get a ticket for, I flew them out so they could see me get this star on the Hollywood. And she said, we were there until about 1 o'clock in the morning. We were still singing songs and singing hymns and, and just thanking God. We just shouted on top of the star. And she said they were just so excited because she got this star. And she flew her family out. Well, wouldn't that be amazing if all of us would recognize that God has placed a star that God has written your name in a book. That God thinks enough about you that he even has recorded and knows the number of hairs on your head. Isn't it amazing that your name is in the book of life? Isn't it amazing that your name is recorded because you are a part of God's family? But you know what would be real sad? Is to get there and only be able to celebrate it by yourself. A celebration is really not a celebration when you're just by yourself. You know, it's one thing on your birthday to be sitting in a room by yourself with a cupcake and one little candy. It's another thing when your friends are gathered around and there's a big cake and there's music and people are singing and dancing and enjoying it. Now, I can praise God all by myself, Sister Bible, and there are some days when I come in this sanctuary and I just look around and I appreciate God. I said, well, thank you, Lord. I, I, I see that you have, have been so good, and I appreciate you, God. And there are times when I come to this altar, and I'm all by myself. And I appreciate those times when it's just me and God uh, worshiping together, Brother David. But I tell you, there's nothing like Sunday morning. Duke Ellington wrote a song called Sunday Morning. There's nothing like Sunday morning. Because, Sister Lynn, I can dance all by myself. I'm one of the few that can shout without music because God is good. I'm always hearing music in the air. But let me tell you when it's really good. It's good when I come into the sanctuary and I recognize how good God has been. But then when I look around and I see my brothers and sisters and I imagine and wonder how God has been in your life this week. I know that some of you that may have come through some trial and tribulation, but the fact that I see you here today lets me know that you've made it. And, and when I see that you've made it and I watch those cars drive up and I can see you actually, you may not realize it, but even when you come in on Refugee Road, I see your car coming and I see you come to the light and I say, oh, they're about to turn in. They're on their way to church. And when I see you pull your car in and when I saw Brother Marlon come 
share with somebody because God has been too good to me. And here we are on a day when God can save anybody. <coughs> I'm ready for some dangerous stuff. Dangerous to the world, safe to God. I'm ready for some dangerous stuff. I'm ready for the Lord to use me however he can. There are people in our world that need us. In our families, on our streets. Some of them substance abusers. Some of them chronically homeless. Some of them without. And we have. It's time for us to open our wallet, open our home, open our car, open our mind, open our heart. Somebody said, well, those people might be dangerous, and so what? If you've prayed about it, it's your purpose, and God is calling you and leading you and guiding you, and you're asking God, use me, and if I die, it's still game. If I live as Christ, if I die as Christ. Either way, it's a win-win situation. It's time for us as Christians to be selfless, to be willing to give of ourselves and to say, I want to help. There are people who need your help. There are people who need you to make a decision. I said to you last week that every member of this congregation, I'm asking you this year, for your 2014 year to set aside a budget to do for others. Not from your time. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. This has been another broadcast of Living the Bible Together with Dr. Troy Shaw from the Liberty Hill Baptist Church, located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. God bless you and have a great week.